This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty, And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 9th of October. In your Squiz Today, Israel is at war with Hamas. The voice referendum enters the final stretch. New South Wales kids, hand in your phones. And Simone Biles makes history. This is your Squiz Today. Israel is at war after Palestinian militants launched a surprise attack from the Gaza Strip early on Saturday morning, firing thousands of rockets before Hamas militants crossed into Israel's territory. Analysts say it's the most serious cross-border attack Israel has faced in more than a generation. Yeah, and Israel's Prime Minister is Benjamin Netanyahu. He responded with airstrikes and called on the military to clear out the Hamas gunmen uh, and free the significant number of Israeli hostages that were taken. He's vowed to take revenge and has warned the citizens in Gaza to leave now before intense airstrikes are launched in retaliation. That has already started. And just to explain a little bit of the background, Hamas is the militant group that controls the Palestinian inhabited Gaza Strip. It's a thin strip along the Mediterranean Sea that's the smaller of the two Palestinian territories in that region. There is a long history of crisis after crisis, but this year has been a particularly difficult one between Palestinians and Israelis. That's right. There have been many run-ins that escalated tensions and And in July, the Israeli army launched a strike on the Palestinian territory of the West Bank, killing at least 12 people there. And zooming out, Claire, there is a deal that the US is close to striking with Israel and Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is normally an ally of Palestine, but that deal could leave Palestinian interests out in the cold. And some think that might be a catalyst for this attack. Yeah, and whatever it is, Israel says that it's getting ready for what will be a long and difficult war. Rockets have already hit targets in the Gaza City and local authorities there say that more than 400 Palestinians have been killed, while more than 600 people have been killed in Israel since Saturday morning. Analysts are very surprised by the scale of the attack that's been launched from the Gaza Strip, and there are questions about how Israel's military intelligence didn't see it coming. Meanwhile, global leaders have urged restraint from all sides, and the US, an ally of Israel, has pledged any support needed. Our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, called the Hamas attack abhorrent and said that Israel has a right to defend itself. This is a complex one, so our squeeze shortcut out tomorrow will get you a bit more across the background. Staying on the international news, Claire, there have been deadly earthquakes in Afghanistan, with seven earthquakes killing hundreds of people. Yet local officials from the Taliban say that the death toll will be significant, that they're going to need some help with the search and rescue operations to dig people out of the rubble. The disaster hit the west of Afghanistan. It's near the border with Iran. So there's a great deal of difficulty getting information out of there. But the United Nations says that at least 10 
and villages were completely destroyed. One resident told Reuters that he was from a village of about 400 people and he reckoned only about 50 were still alive. Afghanistan is prone to deadly earthquakes due to its location on top of several fault lines. And last year, an earthquake killed over a thousand people in eastern Afghanistan in what was, at the time, the country's deadliest earthquake in two decades. We are less than a week out from the referendum on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament and the poll numbers are not looking so good for the Yes campaign. Yep, five more sleeps until we get to referendum day. And when it comes to the poll numbers, according to Professor Simon Jackman, who is from the University of Sydney, he's crunched the numbers and found that when you look across all of the polls that are available, uh, a vote of about 41.2% would be registered for the yes case, uh, which is way below what would be needed to change the constitution. So to succeed, the referendum needs what's called a double majority, so a majority of Australians from a majority of states. And what Prime Minister Albanese says is that if the voice doesn't get up on Saturday, his government won't actually try to implement it through legislation. He says that if we vote no, that wouldn't be appropriate to pursue. We also heard over the weekend from the Liberal Deputy Leader, Susan Lee, who confirmed that if elected, the coalition government would try to hold another referendum on constitutional recognition, just not one including a national voice. But they would try to implement local and regional voices through legislation. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. New South Wales high school kids, leave your mobile phones at home because a ban on devices at school is coming into effect today. Yeah, so this is an election promise from the new Labor government in the state. Its Premier, Chris Minns, says that the ban on mobile phones at schools is necessary. He says it's going to help address the risk of declining school results and also help kids be more social in the playground instead of playing games on their screens. And New South Wales isn't the first state to do this. Victorian families will know this phone ban all too well. Uh, It's had the ban in for a while and South Australia is actually going to get one too in the next week when school returns from the holidays. Uh, In Western Australia and in Tasmania, kids have their phones in a policy what they call off and away all day. Some experts say that the benefits of a phone ban are limited, but a child psychologist, Dr. Michael Carr-Gregg, says that the people learning the most could be helicopter parents who will have to learn how to call the school office. The Nobel Peace Prize has been announced, and the winner is Nargez Mohammadi, who is an Iranian human rights activist who is currently in jail over her fight for women's rights in her home country. Yeah, she's been sentenced to 31 years in detention for her activism, and Iran, of course, has been in the spotlight over the last year for the mass demonstrations that have been going on there over the ruling regime's treatment of women. And that's why the United Nations acknowledged her win, not just for her efforts, but 
also for the courage and the determination of the women of Iran in their fight for rights. The nation of Iran was not so happy, saying that the award is in line with the anti-Iran policies of some European countries. As for the Nobel organisation, it has requested that Mohammadi be freed so she can attend the prize ceremony in December. Where do we start with the sport, Claire? There were some great results to point to over the weekend. Yeah, there sure was. And probably the first cab off the rank is the Aussie driver, Oscar Piastri. He has become the first Formula One rookie in 15 years to win a race. Uh, He's currently in Qatar and he won the short sprint race, which goes on ahead of the full Grand Prix, which was on very early this morning. He, of course, is a Melbourne boy and it's his first season in the Formula one. So it's a really huge moment for him and something for all Australia to be very proud of. Um, The other big sporting moment was in the gymnastics, Simone Biles. She's had a couple of years out. Remember, after the Olympics, she needed that break and was pretty much retired, but she's back and she's become the most decorated gymnast ever. She's won the all-round title at the World Championships in Belgium. She hasn't just won it, Claire. She has won it for a sixth time and she can add that to her 34 World and Olympic medals, which is not too shabby. (laughs) And before we finish with the sport, let's not forget that the Wallabies have a slither of a chance of staying in the Rugby World Cup. The group stage is almost over and this is a very long shot, but if Fiji really stuffs up in its game against Portugal this morning, then we'll be going through to the quarterfinals, which is something to keep an eye out for. I don't feel right cheering against Fiji, but but fingers crossed for the Wallabies. Squiz the day, Claire. What is coming up today? So the Senate inquiry report into the Albanese government's rejection of Qatar Airways' bid for extra flights into Australia is due today. It, of course, has been a really big issue when it comes to Qantas and been in the news quite a bit over the last month or so. So that's a good thing to keep an eye out for today. And that is all for us. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, you can leave us five stars on Spotify or Apple, and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when uh, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link 
in your episode notes.